0: I' just like to take your seats for a moment, and uh, John, if you'd like to come up here with me, well done for getting here, even though the stress of the bus is probably quite phenomenal. So I'm going to pray for you because it's difficult just to walk into an environment like this and just quickly switch on when everything's going on around us. In actual fact, let's just speak to ourselves just for a moment. With all of the chaos that's happening, gas bills, as, as was mentioned earlier, petrol. It's a worry, and we get ourselves involved in that. But you know what? Jesus has said this. He's coming to shake the nations for only one reason, that he wants everybody to put their eyes upon him. Now, at the moment, they're putting their eyes upon other things. Things are going to get desperate to the point that we need to look to God because he's the only one who can save us. So for us as Christians, let's just focus our attention upon him and know that he is here He is with us. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants the best for us. And just pray for that. So Let me just pray together. Father, we just ask for your peace to come to this place. I ask for your peace to fall upon John and Larissa. Lord, bless them. All of the frustrations of journeying, Lord, we thank you that you got them here. And Lord, we know that you have a purpose in this meeting for John's life. So Father, we thank you for bringing him here. For each of us here, Lord, The pressures of the world, the voices of the world, the panic of the world affects us too. So we're asking, Lord, breathe your peace upon us. Let us put our hands into your hand. Let us feel the warmth of your love, the closeness of your fellowship. The fact, Lord, that even when we can't buy petrol, you are still with us, you are still for us, and you are still making a way for us. Lord, We thank you that in the hard times, the good times, you are still God and you care for each one of us. And so we ask, Lord, let the presence of your glory abide in this place. Let your peace fill our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, the great thing this morning is we've got a baptism, as you heard about this. John is the one who's going to be baptized. And John is just going to give testimony now so that we understand a little bit about his journey and we understand what's happened to him. So I'm going to hand over to John. I'll stand here with you, John, just to give you a bit of support okay but I'll be
1: off so yeah first of all thanks that uh, we arrived uh, by chance we were serving today so we moved 45 minutes early and we still came one hour late so yeah gasoline stations traffic all over so thank god for that uh, first yeah I would like to I'm not very good in public uh, speaking so I'm gonna try public uh, reading <laughs> okay so yeah thanks Thank you God, thanks to all for this day. Uh, I would really like to thank my sister for her persistence, for praying for me all the time when I was not in faith. She was consistently praying for me, persisting to preach me, although at that time it was very annoying to me, but uh, (laughs) we're here. So it was on the morning of the 13th of September 2018 when I decided to start my serious relationship with Jesus Christ. On that day, I woke up feeling the weight of the whole world on my chest. Uh, I felt as if I'm putting too much effort in life, but I I didn't have any clear direction where I'm going. So I decided to pray. Although it has been a long time since I last prayed, but I felt that was my last resort. I went to my knees and prayed for around 30 minutes, and believe me, back then 30 minutes was a long time. I had given many promises in that prayer. The most important promises were that I would start daily talking to God and to try to listen back. Talking to him through prayers and listening back through reading the Bible. And I promised that I would start changing my life to be as how he wanted it to be. And I said, I will be waiting for signs for you, God, to know in which direction I want to go. On that same day, in the evening, I got, uh, I got contacted from my relatives in Italy, telling me that my uncle had passed away. And based on the doctor's analysis, he had passed away from natural causes in his bed around 10 days prior to the uh, neighbors calling the fire department, saying that there's a bad smell coming out from the apartment. Uh, And that that I had to go to sort out things, you know, cleaning the house, uh, the funeral and stuff like that, because my auntie is old and she lives far away. At that moment, my my thought process was, is that God talking to me? (laughs) What a coincidence that is, that on the same day that I knelt on my knees and prayed so deeply and told God that I'll be looking for a sign from him, I get this message. What kind of message is that? Long story short... I went to Italy as quick as I could. I needed to organize the funeral, as I said, to arrange the cleaning, because the neighbors were complaining about the bad smells and everything. Uh, so I don't want to go into too many details about uh, what was happening inside the apartment, uh, but I need to put some context to it, just so the message is delivered fully. When I got the keys to the apartment from the local authorities and entered the apartment, what I can say is that all my five senses were not experiencing uh, anything pleasant. And you can let your imagination go with that. The apartment appeared as if a hurricane had happened inside of it. It seemed to me that the medics or the emergency response team were working on the body in the room, but the situation in the room was so bad that they had to remove him with the bedding to the saloon floor and do their job there. When I entered to his room, I found a Bible on the bed. It was opened on Psalms 100. And the first thing that my eyes fell on was verse two that read, worship the Lord with gladness. When I read that, it was as if a bucket of ice water fell on me. I'm here in the middle of an apartment that smells like an open grave, surrounded with flies and dead maggots everywhere. And here I found a Bible open, and the first thing I read was worship the Lord with gladness. It was then that I realized that a few days ago, when I knelt and prayed and uh, had promised God that I uh, I would start changing my normal life, deep inside, my heart was sad. I was feeling sad knowing that I would end up drifting away from my lifelong friends. I would be leaving my lifestyle that I got used to, the jokes that I used to say, the way that I speak, And the list goes on. And then this verse comes to me while I'm surrounded with death, telling me, you shouldn't feel sad for leaving all these finite things, all these worldly and material things. All this life will return to dust, but come to the Lord with gladness and joy, because there is eternal happiness. Now I don't know if on that day, on September uh, 2018, God had spoken to me when I got the phone call from Italy. But I can guarantee that when I was in the apartment, God had spoken to me through Psalms 100 verse 2. I would also say that he had spoken to me through everything that was happening around me as well. This was my story on how I started the relationship with Jesus Christ. Since then, God had taught me many things. He had taught me that the children of God will inherit eternal life as opposed to the slaves of sin. He has taught me to seek to know Jesus, not to know about Jesus. Because if you know about someone, you wouldn't feel happy when he's happy. You wouldn't feel sad when he's sad. But if you know that person personally, and there is bread and salt between you two, then there would be a real relationship between you. Since I started my relationship with God, I would say that I have become a different person, more patient, more content. And with that, I have been blessed with many things in my personal life, in my career, in my emotional life. I was blessed with this church and community. And today's baptism is a new blessing to add as well. I'm not saying that everything in my life became rosy because it hasn't. And my faith was tested many times since then. But in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, "In this world you will have trouble. But take heart; I have come, uh, I have overcome the world." And I always remind myself about that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Amen.
0: Okay. Amen. It's great. It's great just to hear testimony of somebody, and you hear normal things. Because we all have normal lives, and yet God moves in various ways in each of our lives to bring his purposes about. So even in those strange circumstances, you can hear that God is speaking, God is guiding, God is loving.
2: Father, we thank you for your end and love, for your amazing grace. We thank you, Father, Lord, that you are wonderful. We thank you, Lord, that you ransomed us. We thank you, Lord, that as everything is shaken... You are there with us. That our hope is in you. Our trust is in you. You are faithful. You are good. You are merciful. You are kind. It doesn't matter how far we've gone. You are there like the father of the prodigal son. Your reaction is to open your arms wide. Inviting us to come back. So father we thank you. We bless you we praise you in Jesus name. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen.
0: amen. I want to talk a little bit about baptism itself because if we've come to a baptismal service and some of you may never have seen that the idea of baptism is that everybody can see what is going on. That's the whole idea. It's a public display of somebody's uh, faith in Jesus Christ. Let me ask a few questions first of all though. Why get baptised? Let's ask this question. Why get baptised? Well, simply it's because the Bible tells us to do so. Jesus himself was baptised and his instruction to us was that we also should be baptised. Matthew 28 verse 19, Jesus tells his disciples, "...go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and of the Holy Spirit." And on the day of Pentecost, when there was about 3,000 people being added to the church, they responded to Peter's message and they said to him, What should we do? They'd heard about the salvation that God brings, and they were saying, Well, what should we do? And Peter says to them, That they need to be repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we can see there's instruction from Jesus, there's the example of Jesus, and this was carried on with the disciples. The expectation is that when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, realizing the good news that he has come to help us to change our lives, to forgive our sins, then the next step is to be baptized. And so in this church, we practice something that is called Believer's Baptism. That's what we do. So if you are a believer in Jesus, then we're saying the next step for you is to be baptized. And that is exactly what John is doing this morning. We heard his testimony. He is a believer in Jesus. And he's going to be baptized this morning. So what's about why get baptized? What happens? If you've not been here before, then you're going to wonder, okay, we can see we've got water here and things like that. John is going to go down into the water And then he's going to be put below the water and he's going to be brought up out of the water again. So he's going to go in dry and come out completely wet. Now that action is symbolic of the fact that in one sense he's being washed. We understand going into water is a sense of being washed. And there is a picture here that as John is going into the water of baptism, so he is being washed and Jesus does wash us and does cleanse us. So there's an idea of washing that is going on. But it's more than that. This is symbolic of dying to the old way of living and rising to a new way of living. And you heard in John's testimony how he was saying that actually his life is now changing. He's becoming more patient. And it's because God is working in his life and bringing change to him. There is a new life that John is living. And I know I normally say this, but we know it's true. If The guys there who are with John were to take him under the water and to hold him under the water for a very long time, then he would drown. We know that that's a truth. And that's why this is pictorial of the fact that he's dying. Now, we're not going to hold him under the water, but there's a picture here. He's going under the water to be buried. It's like, okay, the old life, that's finished. But just like Jesus rose again, so John is going to be pulled up out of the water, symbolizing resurrection to a new life. A new life that's going to be lived With God and with the help that only Jesus Christ can give to him. So that's what's going to happen. Thirdly, let me just ask a question of you here, even this morning. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have believed, you're believing that Jesus has come to rescue you from your sins. You have a relationship with Jesus, you're seeking to walk and to live for Jesus. Have you been baptized? Have you done this? Have you obeyed the call that Jesus gives? Or are you still thinking about it? Now, I'm going to encourage you in that thinking, but I also want to challenge you this morning to say, as you watch this baptism, as you see what's going on, take note of it, think about it, and if you've never been baptised, then we'd love to speak to you, because we believe in believer's baptism, where those who are believers get baptised and testify to the fact that they're trusting in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to hand over to Poolside now and uh, over to you guys to carry on. But just before that, uh, Larissa is going to pray. Larissa, what, come up, why don't you come up here so you use the mic? Is that okay? Because then everybody can hear you. you very
1: much. Um, yeah, um, dear Lord, um, I'm very grateful for this day. And I pray that you would pour out your presence and your goodness in John's life. I pray that Holy Spirit would uh, work deep in his heart, uh, guide his steps, and uh, refresh him every day. I pray that this uh, baptism um, develops strong relationship with you, and that you would reveal his, uh, you would reveal your vision for his life, strengthen his faith, and uh, yeah. Uh, bless his life forwards in his future in jesus name i pray Amen.
4: john congratulations to be here all right have you placed your faith in jesus christ for the forgiveness of all your sins yes I did. do you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior i do and are you willing to live the rest of your life for him i do amen that on the confession of his faith, we're going to baptize him.
5: Yes, Lord, we know that on the greatest day of the feast, you declared, let those that are thirsty come to me and drink. Lord, we want to thank you this morning that we've heard that John has come to you and he desires to drink. He desires to drink deeply from the good things that are of you. And Lord, we just thank you father for this mark of baptism that he's prepared to take this step for you also said that that those that will put their trust in you that streams of living water will flow from within lord holy spirit we invite you now to come and lord to place those streams within our brother we ask you lord to come and increase that love for you that dependence upon you that faithful heart lord god that, that he desires we thank you that you marked him, that you called him, that from, from words from a psalm, Lord, that he, he saw in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a place that he didn't expect, Lord God, that you have spoken to him. We say, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Come and indwell him. Come and embrace him. Come and uphold him. Come and encourage him. Come and equip him. Come and uphold him. Come and, and strengthen him. Lord, may the word of God dwell in him richly. May the spirit of the law flow through him. And may those that he comes into contact with, those, Lord, that know you, those that do not know you, those in his family, those in a greater, wider scheme of things that you will draw him near, will you use this man for your purposes? See his heart, Lord. You see his heart. Now equip him, anoint him, and prepare him for the works that you have called him to do in your precious and holy name. Holy Spirit, this is done through your anointing and equipping, and we thank you for your indwelling now. We thank you, Father, for his act of faith, and we thank you, Lord, that you are good to those who call upon your name. Amen. 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 I'm going to pray just
4: about the word in your heart for a moment. Um, Scripture says, pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know them better. And I love the bit about John's testimony when he was in the Alpha Course and we were talking about the Word of God. He happened to walk by a bag of Bibles near a rubbish bin one day. Not one Bible, not two Bibles, but a whole bunch of Bibles. And it speaks to me that God wants His Word to dwell richly in your heart, that He spoke to you in that. And so I'm just going to pray. Father God, we do, as a congregation right now, lift up John before your holy throne, and we ask that you would give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better. God, that he would grow in his understanding of you that's beyond human understanding, but is from your throne. God, you are spirit and you're known that way. So we bless John and we ask for this spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon him that as Colossians 3.16 says, that the word of God would dwell in him richly. God, let it richly dwell in every corner of his heart. God, let it dwell, rise up, and just come forth from him whenever it is needed, God. Let that word be rich in his heart and mind, even as he speaks to others. God, we bless him as a congregation. And all God's people said, amen.
0: Amen. amen. If, um, if one or two have got a word of testimony, then please come and use this mic here. John, this is a, a great day. It's a,
6: a wonderful thing. You know what, folks? It's wonderful when people are obedient, you know? Being baptized is about being obedient because that's what it says in the Word of God. And we know that God is going to continue to bless you as a result of being obedient and being baptized. Now, I just want to read this passage, which is a familiar one, uh, but for you to ponder on, really. Remain in me. This is uh, John 15, verse 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me so John you need to remain in Christ remain in Christ father we want to pray for our brother we thank you so much that you've met with him Lord God a wonderful testimony uh, of salvation and you've uh, done a work in him and are continuing work we pray a blessing over him over his life his marriage uh, his spiritual life we ask that in the name of Jesus Amen. amen So
2: John and I and Gary, we meet uh, via Zoom on Wednesdays uh, to read the Bible, and we've been doing that for many weeks now, and uh, it's amazing how the testimony there about the the bunch of Bibles and and the Word in his heart. I just wanted to uh, encourage you even more, because I know from the Wednesdays, you have a love for the Word of God, uh, and you, you know how to correctly handle the Word of God, so I just wanted to encourage you to continue in that vein, because I can really see that the Lord is using you and building your understanding of his word. And, and I'm sure he's got a purpose for that. So I just wanted to encourage you as well. Amen. 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 Thank
0: you. Thank you. Is there anybody else who's got time for one more? Yes? Um,
3: this is from Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Amen. Amen. So I've got a picture uh, that I'd like to give you. My name is also John. (laughs) So the picture is of a tree with the branches and, there's, and then there's another piece that's on its own that's being grafted in and joined to the tree. And the tree, it becomes one. It flows. And, and that's the picture for you, John. Amen. Bless you.
0: Can I pull that scripture about being in Christ? In the vine and we know the picture of uh, as John bought that picture just then John needs to be rooted and is rooted but needs to be continued to grow in Jesus to flourish and that applies to us all okay we need to be rooted in Jesus this is not oh I know who he is is do I have relationship with him John talked about that in his testimony do I have relationship with God do you have relationship with God or is you full of knowledge I know about Jesus. I know some of the names of the books in the Bible. I know the order of the books in the Bible. Or do you know him? Because knowing him. And the scripture that Helen bore is is powerful. There's not many places in the Bible that it actually tells you what to do so you can get something. If you want to know the fear of the Lord, then it gives you an indication. First of all, you need to accept my words and store up my commands within you. You cannot do that without actually reading scripture and coming to God. So it's actually practical steps. So that in Proverbs 2, the first six or so verses there are very practical steps and a great encouragement for John, but also an encouragement for all of us. Listen, let me ask you a question this morning. It's a bit of a serious question, but it's worth asking at a time like this. So just bear with me. The question is this, if you were to die tonight, and I'm not asking that of anybody, but hang on a second, if you were to die tonight, do you know for certain where your destiny would be? Do you know for certain that you would go to heaven? Now, as I say, I'm not asking that that would happen, but it's a question that we ask ourselves, and it's something that we need to think about. If I was to die tonight, do I know without any shadow of a doubt that I am on my way to heaven? Now, if your answer to that question, in any shape or form, is actually, no, actually I don't know that, then I want to bring you a little bit of good news this morning to let you understand something, and that Jesus came to bring good news to you so that you may know for certain that were you to die, that your sins can be forgiven and that you will know a way to heaven. It's true that this is a true statement. We all know when we have done wrong in our lives. We all know it. Now, we may want to dismiss it. We may want to put it to one side. But we all know, because there's something within us that lets us know, hey, that wasn't right. That wasn't a right attitude. That wasn't a right thought. That wasn't the way that we should be behaving. There's something that happens within us that we know this is not quite right. And so we can feel guilty. We can feel ashamed of those things. What we hope often is that as time passes, that feeling of shame, that feeling of guilt will actually just pass away. We're hoping that that's going to go away from us. And sometimes it does. In time, we, we pull ourselves together and we feel right. But here's the issue. When we're faced with a question that says, actually, do we know for certain what's going to happen to us when we die? We suddenly get to a point we think, like, well, I hope I might go to heaven. And whilst we've forgotten about the things that we may have done wrong or we may have got overcome some of that guilt, within ourselves we know that the issue of our sin, our wrongdoing, has not been forgiven, has not been sorted out. It still remains. And sin, that is the wrong things that we do, when they're like a debt that we establish. It's like when we do wrong, we're actually establishing a debt, we're opening a debt with God. The thing with this debt is we have no power within us to repay it. That's the problem. So we have a debt. And you know what debts are like in everyday life. You have a credit card or something. You haven't paid it off. And that money builds up. And I owe more and I owe more. You know the pressure of that. This is a bigger pressure. This is a whole life pressure where we are in debt to God. And we've got no way of repaying that debt. And as we're coming towards the end of our lives or even during our lives, we're thinking, how am I going to overcome that debt? How am I going to repay it? The good news is this, Jesus sent his son, God sent his son Jesus, I should have said. God sent his son Jesus to pay the price of the debt that we had accumulated. So suddenly the bank account, whereas it was showing that we were way overdrawn, Jesus comes to clear that bank account To pay the debt and to give us the fact that we can have access back to God because the way is open. The debt is removed. That is what Jesus has done for us. And you know, in our lives, we need to come to that place of finding forgiveness of our sins. There's something about when we ask Jesus in, that he comes to not only forgive, but he comes to cleanse. He comes to wash He comes to renew. He comes to transform. Because what he does is he comes to bring us back into relationship with God our Father. He comes to bring us back into the right place. I want to ask you again. If you were to die tonight. Do you know for certain that you would go to heaven? Without any shadow of doubt. Or are you still thinking I don't know. The reason Jesus came. Was to set you free. The reason Jesus came. Was to give you a new life. New hope. The reason Jesus came. Was literally to take you out of darkness. And bring you into a place where you start to understand his light. It's not that you understand everything. Because all of us are growing in our understanding of God. As time goes on. But it's that your heart can be made clean. And you can begin that new relationship. With God. And the power that he gives through the Holy Spirit who comes to help us. Jesus died for our sin. Jesus was buried. So he overcame our sin, but he was buried. But here's the thing. On the third day, God through his power came and raised Jesus from the life back to life showing that sin has no authority that's all sorted out showing that he has the power to raise somebody up and to enable them to live a new life for God and what God has done in his son Jesus and what he's done through Jesus is for us Jesus has come to pay our debt the Holy Spirit has come to enable us to have the power to live life God's way so let me ask you this morning Are you wanting to come into this relationship? The relationship that John has talked about. Are you wanting to come into that relationship? Maybe for the first time. Maybe you've never said in your life, I need to know that my sin is forgiven. I need to know that actually I have a destiny and a place in heaven waiting for me. So that if I was to die, then I have assurance of where I'm going to go. John 3, 16 and 17 say this, For God so loved the world, That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. And Romans 6.23 says this. For the wages, the results, the due of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Perhaps I'm speaking to you this morning. Do you know for certain what would happen to you if you were to die tonight? If you are looking to say, I don't know, but I want to find Jesus, then I want to ask you, as I pray a prayer, I'd like you to pray this prayer in your heart at the same time. So let's just close our eyes. And do pray this along with me if you are looking to ask Jesus into your life. Jesus, I come to you believing that you are God Believing that you take away sin. And I'm asking you to take away my sin. Cleanse me from all that I have done wrong. From the rebellion of my heart towards God. From the unbelief that is within me. From the confusion and the pain that I have caused to many people. Forgive me of my sins. Come and fill me with your presence and with the Holy Spirit. And enable me from now on to live a life the way that God wants me to live it. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, if you've said that prayer, maybe for the first time, but if you said that prayer and you meant what you said, no, I meant it, then I want to give you good news. Jesus has come to you and he's going to begin to change your life. And it's the beginning of a journey. Not everything happens on day one, but as we move on, God does his work in our lives, helping us, encouraging us, changing us as time goes along.